All right. Well, we want to welcome everybody to Emmanuel this weekend. We know there's people joining us online. We also want to welcome our Lakeville location and Maple Grove and Elk River. Thanks for everybody for tuning in, making church a priority. It's exciting that we get to be together. How many know that in all of our locations, God is on the move at Emmanuel? Did you know that? He is. We just... We get to experience it in worship every week. I just was looking at different things from all locations just in the last just in the last few weeks. And we, by the way, are a celebration church. We love to clap and celebrate what God's doing. So I want to tell you just recently some things that God's doing across our church, all locations, that just a few weeks ago on one Sunday morning, we, we water baptized 48 people that said yes to Jesus. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah. Every location was part of that. And just last weekend, we had uh, right about 280 students and leaders that went to the Minnesota Youth Convention. That's incredible. That's just the neck what God's doing. Come on, you clap better than that. That's good. And then the most exciting of all, I just went back seven weeks. In the last seven weeks at our church, at all of our locations, there's been 248 people that have committed their lives to Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yes, that's amazing. We love it. We love it. We love it. Well, today, this weekend, we get to kick off a brand new series called Entrusted. And uh, everybody say the word entrusted. Entrusted. It's going to be a great series. I am privileged to preach week one. Pastor Nate will be preaching week two. You won't want to miss that. Uh, it's a four-week series, and God is going to speak to all of us in just some really incredible ways. So I want to jump in. There's so much great scripture that we get to look at together. I encourage you on our Emmanuel app, you can fill in the blanks. There's notes. There's scriptures there. They'll be up on the screen. Track with us if you want to follow along in your Bibles, digital or paper Bibles, or in your journals. We invite you to do that. We know nobody's here by accident. We really believe that God is going to speak to each and every one of us. The definition of entrusted is this. It's assigned responsibility for doing something. Assigned responsibility for doing something. To commit to another with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence. To commit to another with confidence. So this idea and this whole series, and God, it's going to be a great series. God has entrusted things to us, and he starts his entrustment to us with this place of confidence. That God looks at every one of us at all of our locations in every service today and just says, these are, these are my children, and my children can do incredible things. So just know that that is what God is, is giving to us. And we're going we're gonna to unpack this together. Luke chapter 12. And the second half of verse 48 says this. Look at this with me. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. This is a very well-known verse if it's new to you, and uh, that's awesome. We're so glad that, that you're seeing it today, but it gets talked about a fair amount that to whom much is given, much is required, right? But the verse actually shares another line. It talks about, and that's true, and if you've been entrusted with a lot, you'll be even a higher level of accountability. So praise the Lord for all the trust that God's 
God places in us as Christ followers. But just know here, here at Spring Lake Park and in all of our locations, just know that God is calling us to a higher place. God, there's an accountability and expectation that comes with that. And it's just, it's so important that we get there. So I want to start with a, a key question that I want to ask all of us uh, this weekend. The key question is this, do you desire a life of success or a life of significance? Do you desire a life of success or a life of significance? Now, some of you might be thinking, Pastor Darren, can I say I want both? You can, it's okay. But do you want a, do you want a, you want a life of success or a life of significance? Because I would say this, that some might say, well, what, what's the difference? And neither are bad things, but I think my idea for the difference is this, a life of success is all about what happens to me. A life of significance is God using me to touch so many others. So God, fill up Emmanuel as a church with people that want to live a life of significance. Amen? That want to live an entrusted life and that God gives us that admonition. So that's, that's the key question, and I love Love, love the heart of the people of our church. So I'm going to give you an action step that uh, we'll share some practical things at the end of this message, very practical and stirring and stretching. But I want to give an application step that I would just ask as a church as I'm privileged to do week one of this series. This would, this would cover all four weeks. So next week when Pastor Nate preaches, we'd think like this. When, when Joe Gordon speaks, incredible, incredible missionary communicator on Miracle Offering. Then week four, as Pastor, uh, Pastor Nate wraps up the, the series again, that we would think like this. So here's the action, here's the action step I want to share with you. I want to say, I want you to say this word. Say the word observer. All locations, one more time. Say the word observer. Now I want you to say a two-word phrase. Say intended audience. Intended audience. So in this series, as we read scripture and we read the Bible and we read passages that talked about how, talks about how God has entrusted things to us, we're not gonna, let's just not read them as observers. Let's read them knowing that we're the intended audience. Because sometimes if I think like an observer, I can kind of sit back a little bit, put my feet up and say, hey, that's kind of a cool, interesting thought. And I kind of like how that's phrased. And, and let, me, let me think about that a little bit. If I think I'm the attended, intended audience, I tend to look at it and say, okay, God, kind of what's my marching orders? What have you called me to do as I have been, I have been entrusted? So it's so important that we look at it that way. So Matthew chapter 28, we're going to read three passages of scripture here that, that basically are Jesus entrusting the Great Commission, entrusting living our lives on mission, entrusting some key areas that we'll talk about throughout the series. But let's look at this together. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all things, all, to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Then the book of Mark chapter 16 says this, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into a cloud and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. 
And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what what they said by many miraculous signs. Then Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power, Jesus is speaking here, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So these passages are after the resurrection, before the ascension. Jesus was was, was was beaten, crucified, buried, rose from the dead on the third day. And then there was that those several weeks of miraculous moments where he appeared to people, gave the Great Commission, gave the Acts 1-8 charge, and then he ascended up into heaven. So this is these incredible, incredible entrusting passages that Jesus shares with each and every one of us, not as observers, but as the intended audience. So I want to share kind of an illustration here. So I'm going to ask uh, Santi to come on up and join me. He is here at Spring Lake Park. And um, if you're watching at one of our locations, uh, he is at the same place in his life than I was in my life when, when this happened to me. So thanks for coming up. Thanks for being part of it. He's awesome. Um, so uh, I, when I was um, getting ready to be a freshman at, at Bible college, I was going to, I grew up here in Minnesota. We were going to go to school in Louisiana and uh, I was getting ready to go. And I was 18 years old. How old are you? 18. He's 18 years old. So he's the perfect example. And I had this moment, my dad called me into the family room. It was just the two of us. And my dad said, Darren, I want to talk to you. And so my dad, my dad reached in his pocket, and I need you to know my dad was like this really big 100% Italian guy, right? So my dad reached into his pocket, and he pulled out a credit card. And he said, Darren, I, I want to I give this to you. But he didn't let go. But here's what he said. He said, Darren, um, this card is for you, but it's attached to my reputation. So use it, pay it off, and the first month you can't, you're going to lose the card. Have a good day. That's what he said to me. <laughs> so um, that, that moment, I'm, I'm serious, that marked my life financially with how I looked at stewarding money. And can I just tell you a win? I never had to give that card back to my dad. Never. So... Um, it caused me so many different things, but the, what really grabs it is when, when he said to me, my reputation's on the line. So in this series, Emmanuel, God's reputation of what he's entrusted to us is on the line. And good news is this, we don't do it in our power, we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. And there's so many incredible, incredible opportunities. I love what God's doing. Second Corinthians Chapter 5 says this, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Let me pause. I need that card back after service, okay? I just, just wanted to, I'm still frugal. So, all right, here we go. I, did, I told him I haven't activated it yet, so it's still there. All right. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, and God gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. 
So I want you to say two phrases with me, if you will. The first phrase, if you'd say this after me, I am God's ambassador. Second phrase is this, God has entrusted me. One of my favorite life principles that will be kind of set up in this video story that we're going to watch. That's just powerful. I encourage you to lean in. We're going to watch a video in just a moment together. My life principle, one of them is this, because I was a lot of years as a youth pastor working with the next generation. And the principle is this. It's not so important what I accomplish now, but what I set in motion. It's not so important what I accomplish now, but what I set in motion, meaning the, the kind of what I sow, reaping and sowing, what I sow that produces a harvest in the future is what is really important. So this video is a true story of a young man that was very poor in a third world country and um, an elderly lady in the United States that heard from God that she had been entrusted with something that she felt led to respond to. Let's watch this story together. I got saved at the age of 16 when I was about to end my life. A real miracle took place. I was a soul winner in a totally Buddhist village. And I had many people saved, healed, demons cast out, and miracles taking place without even the knowledge of the Bible. But later on, I was losing the grip that I had on this marvelous, glorious gospel. And the Lord awakened me. And then I was ready to go to Bible school. But the Bible school would not accept my application. For three years, I applied. They refused to accept me. They said, you have no qualification. One day, the principal of the Bible college came to preach in the village church. At the end of the message, he came to me. He said, Colton, I'll give you three months to audit classes. It became six months, one year, two years. My father died. I had nobody to pay that small amount for my boarding and for my courses. I prayed earnestly. I said, God, you know my heart, please. Help me to stay. I came to the last day. I packed my bag. Following morning, I tapped at the door and I said, Sister Graves, I want to talk to Brother Graves. So when you say you want to talk to the principal those days, you shiver in your boots. Brother Graves came out. He patted me on the back. He said, come to the office. I went. We normally those days stand before our superiors in respect. He said, take a seat. He said, read this letter. Had it be a letter. It was written by an old lady, Florence Pocconi, in Panama City, Florida, in the USA. And he says to the principal, I want to tell you, God spoke to me. 
of a place called Ceylon. Sri Lanka was known as Ceylon. And I went to the world map. I searched and searched, but I found no place called Ceylon. I wrote to DFM in Springfield, Missouri, asked them whether they had a Bible school. They sent me this, your address. You know, there's a student who is called of God, but he has no support. I am a poor widow living by a small pension, but I thought I must support the student. I have no bank account, therefore I can't send you a check. I'm enclosing these dollar bills and I pray that God will help you to pay the student and to keep him till he get graduated. I read that letter, I burst out in tears. I'm just leaving out of Bible school and here this money is handed. just amazing when we're faithful for what with what God has entrusted to us. So as we've laid the foundation, I want to share with you now for a few minutes about the power of first. The power of first, the importance of first, what God says about first. And uh, there's so many things that we could talk about about the power of first. Um, if you are, I know there's single adults, there's people of all different backgrounds. If you are a married couple, I want to ask you, how many can remember your first date? Can I just see your hands? I ran out of money on my first date with Jane. I'm just going to tell you, I did. And, that, and I almost had to use that card my dad loaned to me. But anyways, I remember that. I remember when my first child was born. It was so exciting and scary at the same time. I remember my first mission trip. Jane and I, a couple weeks ago, got back from, uh, from um, Kazakhstan. And it was our 40th trip overseas. And I just thought, but I can remember like yesterday, the first trip we went to Mexico is in a border town. We did something called the Mexico invasion. There's something about the first in your life that is powerful. And it just, just strikes your memory. and hold, it, it, You're just able to hold that in your memory in just, in just a powerful way. Matthew 6 says this in verse 31. It says, so don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Many of us have heard this verse. It may be new to some of us, but it's, it's just powerful. And then all these other things will be given to us as well. So there's something in Scripture over and over again that Jesus teaches us about the power of first. And I began the last few weeks looking at, was this like any chance that, did God really mean first? 
Like, did he really mean first or was he sharing a story? Is this a parable, guys? What do you think? No, it's not. He just means first. Other translations say above all else. That didn't help me at all. <laughs> it didn't water it down at all, right? That we seek God first. It's so, so important. So here's what we're going to do um, in this last few minutes of week one of the series, Entrusted. I'm going to talk to you and share with you uh, two areas about that we should that we're going to focus on in week one that are about the power of first. We could have eight, 10, 12 different areas. We're going to look at two of them. They're very important areas, but again, you can follow along in the app. You can take notes, uh, and let's just lean in and just be ready to, to, to respond to what God is prompting us. So two areas for focus. The first one is this. We're going to seek God first in my, fi- in my priorities. Seek God first in my priorities. Number two is to seek God first in my finances, all right? So number one, we're gonna seek God first in our priorities. Number two, we're gonna seek God first in our finances. And some might say, Pastor Darren, why did you choose those two? They're really significant, and also by the quietness in the room, they're a little touchy to some of us, right? They're very important, very important. So we're gonna talk about this, and I love that our church embraces God's word, leans in, even, even, even when it challenges us and stretches us. James chapter two says this, now, when, when, now some, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say to you, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. We have a state in the United States called Missouri. And if you know the theme of the state of Missouri, it's on their license plate. Do you know what it is? It's called the show me state, right? The show me state. James is saying, show me. Don't just tell me. Show me your faith by your deeds, by your works. Show me that you are seeking God first in what he has entrusted to you and I. So that's, that's the challenge. So as we look at this, um, here's the application. There's 10 things. They'll be really quick. Um, we're gonna, I, I began to ask the question a few weeks ago, what would it look like in all of our lives? Young people, I thought about you, college, high school, junior high, single moms, single adults, married couples. I was kind of thinking about all of us. These will apply to many of us at different places in our life, in our journey. But what would it look like if we sought God first in our priorities and in our finances? What would it look like? So other weeks of the series, we'll go a little, we'll drill down on these, but I'm gonna share 10 of them with you. Kind of, I like to use the phrase, what if? Everybody say, what if? What if? Like, what, what would it look like? What could it look like if, if this happened? And my faith is high right now, so uh, this may feel a little stretching <laughs> to some of us. So I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna go for it, and we're gonna just say, God, what, what could this be like if, if we did this. So here's the first one. We're going to start with an easy one, all right? Hey, what if I faithfully served on Team Emmanuel? At the location of Emmanuel that I worship at, what if every single one of us served faithfully on Team Emmanuel? How cool would that be? That'd be amazing, right? That'd be amazing. Now, there's no card I'm going to hand out, so everybody relax, but seriously, right? How cool, how amazing. What, what, what would it be like if in my priorities, thinking of that one, finances will come in a second, that I just, I served faithfully on Team Emmanuel. And, I, and I, here's what I believe. I believe through this, 
there's going to be two or three or four of these where the Spirit of God speaks to you and you say, and he's going to say, do that. And I just want you to respond and say yes to whatever God stirs in your heart. So that's the first one. The second one is this. What if I always tithed regardless of circumstances? Don't say amen too loud right there, okay? What if I always tithe? I'm, I'm very comfortable with this. It's okay. So even if you're not, all right? What if I, what if I always tithe regardless of circumstances? Whether your tithe is $10 a week or $1,000 a week, doesn't matter. But just that you're obedient. And it wasn't about how many bills are coming in. It wasn't about how I felt. It wasn't about how high fear is in my life. It wasn't about, it was just about obedience. And I was just a faithful tither. Where scripture says, when I'm a faithful tither, God opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings upon our life, right? So just, just what, what would that look like? What if um, my church attendance was a higher priority than sports? Uh-oh, right? Some of you are like, you went from tithing to sports. Come on, wait a minute. <laughs> but just think about it. I mean, I love sports. I'm a huge fan of Minnesota sports teams. But what if, what if church attendance was just a higher priority and, and I, I don't share that out of guilt. I don't want anybody to feel guilt. I want you to feel challenged and inspired about, hey, how do I seek God first in my priorities? Here's the fourth one. Uh, what if kingdom builders was a non-negotiable in my life? Man, Emmanuel, kingdom builders, one of the most exciting things going on, and it's a non-negotiable. Pastor Darren, are you telling me to give regularly to kingdom builders? I am encouraging you to, yes. But not just money, what if I prayed for our Kingdom Builder partners? What if I went on a Kingdom Builders team, a trip? What if I just said it was a non-negotiable? It's just gonna be part of my life. It's something because God has called me. He's entrusted to us the Great Commission, right? So I just, I just, just encourage you to process that, to pray about that, respond to that. The, the fifth one is this. What if my daily devotion time moved from a priority to top priority? Move from a priority to top priority. What if? What if? Well, it's just really hard. My schedule, I flex, or I'm young. I like to sleep in, or college, or sports, or whatever it is. What if none of the excuses mattered? And I just said, if I'm a morning person, I'll get up as early as I need to. If I'm an evening person, I'll stay up late. I'm going to make sure my devotion prayer time with God is my top priority. Man, what would God do in all of our locations? Man, how would God move? Worship team, our worship leaders, can you imagine what the first song would feel like if we were all praying, right? It'd be just like amazing. It'd be so cool. So I, I encourage you. I don't even think you need to pray about that one. All right, here we go. What if I became debt-free, this is stretching, by the age of 50, 55, or 60? Woohoo! What would it be like if I owed nobody nothing? By the age of 50, 55, or 60. Somebody like Pastor Darren, do you know who you're talking to? I, I do. But I also know the God we serve, and when we obey him, what can take place in our lives? Amen? And the freedom that comes to our lives when we are not in indebtedness is powerful. But just, just what if, so not so that we can pile money away, but just so that we can be freed up to respond to whatever God asks us to do. Amen? It's just so, so um, it, the, the potential is huge. Here's the next one. What if 
every year, I used one week of my PTO, my vacation time, for ministry or missions at Emmanuel. That's my time. I, I understand that. But what if every year, I'm talking about like stake in the ground, like every year, there's never going to be a year that goes by that at least a week of my PTO is going to go towards ministry time or missions time. So Kingdom Miller teams, yes, but what about I take time off to, to help lead our kids at kids camp or help lead our youth at youth camp? or help serve at different things that we're a part of, be a part of a big search that reaches out to, to lost people and trafficked people in the U.S. Whatever it might be, just, just imagine if everybody in our church just said, I'm going to give one week. How powerful would that be? So if some of you are like, oh, that doesn't fit. Just, I would just encourage you, just listen to what God may be, may be saying to us. Three more really quick. What if I planned for the inheritance I want to leave for the kingdom and for my family. So the Bible talks about a wise person that leaves an inheritance. What if I dreamed, planned, and prayed about the inheritance I want to leave, not just for my family, but for kingdom purposes too? So it's not ignore family, it's family and the kingdom. Because the priority is seek first the kingdom of God, Right? Amen. So you guys all love that one, I can tell. All right, the, the eighth one is this. What if um, I prayed for people that need God's love, locally and globally, I prayed for people that need God's love three days a week, 10 minutes each day. What would it look like if 4,000 people at Emmanuel, our young people, our students, our children, our adults, just three days a week, prayed for 10 minutes on each of those three days for people in their lives, people in their city, people in their schools and their workplaces and in the nations around the world that need Jesus and prayed for him for 10 minutes. Wow, what would, oh, it'd be, it would just be miraculous what God would do. And some are like, Pastor Aaron, that's not enough. Well, go pray seven days. I'm in with you, right? Let's go. But just to start with that, and the last one is this. What if I, what if I declared that I am a I'm a steward, not an owner? I just declared it. I'm a steward, not an owner. Because I, I share that with you because I don't know how to seek him first if I live like an owner, like I'm in charge. I don't know how to do it. My flesh would like to figure it out, to be honest with you. But I don't, I don't so, I, so instead, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to get better at it. I'm still learning this just like all of us to try to live like a steward. Like God has entrusted this to me and it's not mine. Everything I possess, I do not own. So there's, there's a lot there. Let me show you a picture. Some of you remember this. Do you remember the, the bracelets, what would Jesus do? Does anybody remember those? All locations, right? Um, those came out almost 30 years ago now. So we're not as young as we used to be, right? Uh, they're still popular. Uh, well, not super popular, but they're cool if you wear one. But anyways, um, there's millions and millions and millions out there. It was a powerful statement. What would Jesus do? And it was a powerful move. It was, it was, it was, it was really really special. Um, I think in addition to that, a great question to ask in the power of first is this. What has Jesus asked me to do? I love what would Jesus do, but we could also ask the question, what has Jesus asked me to do? Amen, church? And I think God will answer that. I think there's truth. I think we just talked about some of that. So 
We're going to wrap up in just a couple minutes, but I want to share truth with you here. And the truth is this, living an entrusted life that honors God has little to do with how much I have. It's all about what I do with what I have. Amen? Think of Florence sending a little bit of cash to Sri Lanka. It didn't have a lot, but she's like, for what I have, I want to do this. She's like, I've been entrusted. It wasn't the amount that she had been entrusted with. It was the fact that she had been entrusted. If we are all faithful with what God has entrusted to us, God will keep doing incredible miracles in us and through us in our church. So Luke chapter 12, last verse I want to read is the, it's the Luke passage of this seek first. So let's look at it from the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 12 and verse 28. It says, and if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. Look at this. These things dominate the, the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your, your father knows already what you need. Your father knows already what you need. And then it goes into seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Church, do you see God's heart in that? God's heart is to give us everything we need to cover our lives. It's seek first in our priorities. Seek first in our finances. Seek first in these other areas where he is entrusted to us. And then he brings us under his covering in just an incredible way. I'll finish with this story, something that happened to us a few months ago. Jane and I um, have three amazing daughters. We have three amazing son-in-laws. They all love Jesus. We're very blessed. Um, and we have four of the coolest grandkids that are on the planet. I'll just tell you right now, okay? Once in a while, um, some of our grandkids sleep over at Grandpa and Nana's house. A couple months ago, um, one of them was sleeping over. She's in kindergarten. It's about, everybody went to bed great, weren't sleeping. 1.30 in the morning, I hear this voice next to my bed. Grandpa. And I didn't really respond right away. Second time, Grandpa. Third time, Grandpa. I open my eyes. I'm like, what's going on, sweetheart? She said, I had a bad dream. She couldn't say the R's. I had a bad dream. Grandpa, I had a really bad dream. How many of you think I said to her, suck it up, go back to bed, and we'll talk in the morning, right? I said, sweetheart, do you want to get in bed with Grandpa and Nana and sleep with us? She said, could I really? And I just reached out, scooped her up, threw her over me. She fell in between Jane and I, and she was asleep in like 42 seconds. It's amazing how God teaches us things, isn't it? Emmanuel, everybody at church this weekend, watching online, the podcast, whatever it might be, God has a message for us. His message for us is, come under my covering, I got you. I got you. You don't have to fear, you don't have to worry, I got you. Come under my covering, because I have entrusted so much to you, and we are to walk in that obedience 
but know my heart for you. My heart for you is that I got you. I love you. Come under my covering in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for leading us, God. I'm gonna invite everybody to stand at all of our locations if you do that right now. And God, we just say yes to the things that you're calling us to do. We thank you, God. In just a moment, we'll give an opportunity at all of our locations for people to say yes to Jesus. And we'll have that moment to be forgiven, to be restored. But even before that, we want to say thank you for entrusting us with big responsibilities, but also with incredible love, incredible care. And so God, that's why as we know you've entrusted big big things to us and you've called us to step up in obedience, you've done it in such a loving, inviting way and God, we trust you. So Father, thank you for speaking to every one of our hearts and for swinging the door wide open to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Church, I'm going to ask you just for one more minute before Pastor JC leads us in a worship song and then Pastor Nathan will take just a moment, close us out. But you bow your heads and close your eyes. I feel like right now, almost every weekend we do this, we want to give people an opportunity that came to church today, not knowing if they're right with Jesus or feeling disconnected from God or, or maybe your stories like mine. I, I kind of grew up in liturgical church, but I'd never fully committed my life to him. I got religion, but I didn't understand relationship. And today you can understand that and experience that before you even leave. And there's people I know in this service and last service as well that came to church disconnected from God needing forgiveness and left church free and connected and forgiven by Jesus. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, there's no pressure in this moment. There's just an opportunity. And if you're in this room, I'm not gonna embarrass you behind asking, be, be, beyond asking you to raise your hand. But if you're in this room or if you're watching a line, you just say, Pastor Darren, include me in the final prayer. I need to fully commit my life to Jesus to be my Lord and Savior Or maybe you've done that before, but you know that you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You know you need forgiveness and you don't feel, you don't feel guilt or condemnation, but you feel conviction and you want Jesus to forgive you of your sin and you want to leave church knowing that you're right with God. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, again, just an opportunity. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor Darren, include me in the final prayer. I want in on that. Put your hand up really high all across the auditorium and sanctuary. Just raise it up and just keep raising them. Keep raising them. This is your moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. That's so exciting. God, I want in. God, I want in. I'm not ashamed. I know there's things that that I need your love, forgiveness, and grace. Come on, keep raising them. In Jesus' name, how powerful is this? On the balcony, keep raising them. Keep raising them. Jesus, I want your forgiveness. I want your grace. I need you in my life. All of us have needed, wow, we've all needed that. Amen, amen. You can put your hands down. Church, repeat this prayer after me in agreement with all those that raised their hand. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my savior to be my Lord, to be the leader of my life. 
thank you for forgiving me. I want to live every day of my life for you. Jesus, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate that. That's so good.